Good morning. It's 9.30 exactly on Tuesday, the 12th of May, 2020. And this is another amazing radio blogging show. It's Street Child Tuesday. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9.30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. It certainly is, and a very good morning to you, bloggers. Thank you so much indeed for waiting so promptly at the school gate for our 9.30 start. We really do appreciate that. And another amazing show. We're really trying hard to squeeze so much content in, so let's get on with the contact details. On email, folks, radioblogging at gmail.com. So simple. On the text, 07624802272. That's the studio text number. And you can also comment and write on the wall there's a comments page and you can write your shout outs and messages there and you can also send us a tweet just tag us at radio blogging it couldn't be any easier than that we do like to check in with the team the good professor is joining me he's looking forward to it. he's on bbc radio wiltshire this week on a wednesday night at 8 30 if you can get that they are on dab if you want to reach them online as well we're so looking forward to that are you nervous mr rocky I, I I've done a little bit with BBC Radio. Well, good morning, listeners. A good morning, Russ. A little bit. Uh, I, a little. I've done a little bit, but I'm looking forward to. It. I'm looking forward to telling the, uh, the 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 good people of Wiltshire and surrounding area about what we've been doing here at Radio Blogging and um, and supporting children and young people because it's something I'm really proud of, and I know we're all really proud of it. So I'm really looking forward to that on uh, Wednesday evening. Absolutely, yes, definitely. Excellent. Thank you we're for the looking. For, you're very kind. You're very welcome. It was in my notes. I just so very kind. No, very, we're looking forward to a swelling of listeners on the thursday morning how lovely well done excellent deputy mitchell how's it going on the tech side today uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, yes, everything running smoothly, uh, I can report, which is good. Uh, again, very excited. The authors we are getting on the show is something else. Now, remember, I mean, we've got uh, Burley Doherty today, haven't we? And my fervor first year in 1997, I think it was, as an NQT in Bradford, in the back streets of Bradford there. Uh, it was my first uh, book was by Burley Doherty. So really excited by this today. Um, a firm favourite with loads of children mm. uh, across key stage two and three. So very excited by this. You're in for a treat. She hasn't changed a bit. She sounds just as fabulous as she did that. I'm quite sure you're going to enjoy the reading and the great interview she gave us afterwards, which is brilliant. Mm. Okay, and it's time now to check in with the man himself, the man with the biggest slice of pie. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is radioblogging.net. And a very good morning to Pi Corbett. How are you, sir? I'm in very fine fettle, actually. The weather is lovely. I was up at the crack of dawn. Um, the young master, as you know, works with the uh, elderly folks, so he likes to get off, make sure he's there nice and early so he can wheel the tea trolley around, get everybody up. Uh, and uh, what a what nicer thing than being woken up by his cheery face and a, and a nut, strong cup of tea to get the day going for those good folk. Uh, been on the phone to the elderly aunt, and there's been great excitement in the household because she decided at long last that Crispy and Crunchy, the two dogs, they needed a bath. Mm. <laughs> so great fun. Dog shampoo. 
placing large dog in bath uh, uh, absolute riot apparently uh, they didn't care for it all that much which is weird really because they often go down the bottom of the garden as you know and leap into the stream and bathe in the mud there uh, but to have a proper clean bath with some shampoo they were not enjoying that at all so they are curled up she's had to put the heating on they're curled up and they're, and they're sitting there on the carpet looking all a bit shamed but uh, good morning and i'm really looking forward to uh, burley's reading um, beautiful reader and one of our great writers she's twice won the carnegie medal and all sorts of other awards a great great writer so that is a real treat in store for us um, and um, I'm looking forward to that. I think those of you who've not joined us before, and Burley, if you're with us, I think you possibly are. Um, I think that we really need to crack on with a couple of games just to warm ourselves up. Creative games, play and try with Ian and Pie. Right, folks at home and in school. You have your notebooks ready. You have your pencils ready. We always start with a couple of games just to get ourselves going. If you are on your own, you can just play these on your own by writing uh, a list uh, because both of these lend themselves to either being in twos or threes or fours, passing it round a circle or indeed on your own. We always start with a couple of games just to get us in a creative mode, just to get us thinking, our minds buzzing uh, first thing before we move into something meatier. So, uh, Professor, the first game that we've got is actually about telling untruths. It's about inventing things. It's about opposites. It's about lies. Because in order to lie, we're going to do the sun. In order to tell a list of lies about the sun, you have to think about the truth. So weirdly, it's quite a good way at getting at the truth of things. So five lies about the sun. Do you want mm -hmm. to kick off or shall I? Uh, you carry on, Pied. More than happy. OK, the sun is colder than a polar bear's nose. Uh, the sun is as blue as the ocean. Uh, the sun is made of crystallised lemons. Uh, the sun is smaller than a drop of nectar. The sun is still as a stone and concrete hard, yet it can be sliced into thick slabs, but remember to let it cool before considering eating. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so five, I'll leave you with that, folks. Five lies about that. the sun. Seriously, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else could you uh, do? You could do the snow would be a good one. Flames mm. would be a good one. Clouds. Uh, a London bus, five lies about a London bus. London buses are made of jelly. London buses are made of pink jelly and wobble as they move down the street. So five lies. I leave you with that one, folks. Let's do a second one. Now, the second one, um, I was thinking, I don't know why, but these things come to one. Don't I was thinking about the Titanic. Um, and you know, if you were on the Titanic and you had to get onto a little boat, what would you say? Then I was thinking about what are the things I would save from home? What five things would I save from home? What are my most special things? And then I started thinking about, well, what would be the five things from school? If I had been, you know, when I had my class and I was a teacher, what would I have saved? Or if you're a, uh, a, ch a child, what would you say? What are the best things in school? So uh, what are you going to do, uh, Ian? Are we going to go for home or school? Should we go for home? Okay, 
I think so. Right. You start this one off then. Okay. Um, I would save uh, my photo collage of my family. Isn't that funny? Because that's the first one I've got. I'd save mm. the, I only have one photo of my dad okay. and I would obviously save that because that's the one sort of fixed memory thing that I have. So mm. I'd save my photo. Yeah. I would save my twin girls baby book. Ah, right. Okay. I would save, um, I have a teddy bear from when I was a child. So we're going back a very, very long, say 65 years or something. Mm. I would save my old teddy bear. I used to have, when I was a child, I used to have two bears, one each side of the bear, uh, each side of me, and they guarded me when I was in bed at night. What else would you say? Uh, I would say, so something that sat alongside me, actually, I would save my Football Cup final winner's trophy. Oh, I didn't know you were a footy person. Is that, was that when you were a child or what? Yes, it was, it was my, I was the captain of the school football team. Okay. I would save the beads that I found. Um, these are small glass beads that um, came from a shipwreck in the, I think it was the 18th or 19th century. And I found them on the Isles of Scilly and they're quite, they're quite sort of precious. They're red with a black stripe on them. I would save those because they're very special. And it was a lovely, lovely holiday. And it reminds me of that. Have you got one more there? Ian, got one more. I have. I would save uh, a book that my grandma gave me when I was young. Oh, yes. Well, you see one idea we've often talked about this one idea often triggers another. And I would save my mother's um, uh, nursery rhyme books. I've got this very old book. She was given it by her grandmother who signed it. So it's coming down the generations and it's full of nursery rhymes. And I remember snuggling in with mum and being read these rather strange nursery rhymes with slightly creepy pictures in them to be honest but i would definitely say that isn't that interesting that it's most a... of it's to do with family isn't it and people yes. yeah. because those i suppose are the most important things to us. i wonder what um children at home uh, and in school i wonder what you would save from school that would be an interesting one to try but it's up to you let's get some lines running and let's get some what would you save Russell, I think while this is going on at home and in school, it's time for some a bit of music, maybe a couple of shout outs. Absolutely. Shout outs after this. It's banana time, folks. Hello, my name's David Armand and you're listening to radioblogging.net. Great, great track for writing there. I hope you've all got your thinking caps on this morning and you've got into the games. I know so many of you do like the games that Pi and I play. They are really, really good fun, whether you play them on your own or whether you play them in a small group. The time is 18 minutes to 10 here on radioblogging.net. Good morning. A few shout-outs before we move on with the show. Bethany, good morning to you. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, CJ, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for getting in touch this morning. Sophie as well. Can't wait for Street Child Tuesday. How is everyone? We're good, thanks. Hope you're well. My sister and mum are also listening. It's their first time. Please can I have a shout-out? Yes, indeed. Olivia. 
is also excited for Street Child Tuesday. I have a feeling it's going to be a great show and I can't wait. Indeed, Kirat, so excited. Release can have a shout out for me and my cousin. Yes, indeed, Katie. Can't wait for today's show. Hope you're all staying safe. Big thanks to the NHS and everyone from Witchwood CE Primary School. Jamie, so looking forward to today's show. Uh, also, Holly as well has been in touch. Thank you very much indeed, as has Douglas, who'd like a shout out for friends Charlie Otto and Jackson. Sam and Rosie Hall. Good morning, Pi, Deputy Mitchell, Ian and Russell. Please hello, say hello to everyone from Stonewith Woodford. Hope they're all having a good day. And finally, for now, uh, good morning to Isla. Can I have a shout out? I've been doing it for so many days that I don't know how many. Looking forward to today. Thank you, Isla, for getting in touch. Don't forget, you can email radioblogging at gmail.com and you can also go to the contact tab at the top of the radioblogging.net page. But for now, on with the show, back to Pi Corbett. Ah, right. So, <laughs> I, I was getting a cup of tea. What are you doing to me? <laughs> okay, Russell, we always love to start off, don't we, with something that the children have uh, um, performed for us and posted up. Those of you not been with us before, at the end of the uh, session, there's an opportunity for you to record something that you have written. And we love to start uh, with that. And this week, we've been looking at memory. We've been thinking about memory and using memory uh, as part of our writing, as a, as a reservoir of possibility for our writing. So yesterday, I think I'm right in saying you've got a couple of recordings for us, um, Russell. I have indeed. It's time to start with Lily. I knew he just got up because I heard the chair go, and that was the clue. <laughs> I remember climbing a ladder. I remember eating fish. I remember swimming in the sea. I remember reading a book that never ended. I remember smelling the mown lawn. I remember catching a moth. I remember when I was tired but did not want to go to bed. I remember eating octopus tentacles and spitting them out after. I remember when I fell over on my bike and was bleeding. I remember painting a garage. I remember driving a car with my granddad. I remember eating chocolate cake and feeling sick. don't think we've quite had anything like that so far have we what did you think well i loved it because mm. it's full of real it's full of real things like the octopus and <laughs> spitting it out it reminded me and as we've said one memory begets another it reminded me of the first time i had fizzy lemonade and i came from we were uh, we were the end of the terrace it was a two up two down um, we didn't have a bath it was a tim tub you know it was what it was it was we were quite poor uh, and the first time I went round to my friend Petey Fisher, he um, his dad was a doctor. He was posh, and I'd never had lemonade before. And this glass was there on the table. It was all set out on the tablecloth. Never seen one of those before. Uh, there it was, and I thought it was water because that's all I'd ever had. So I took a swig of lemonade. And if you can imagine, for the first time ever, at about the age of five or six, bubbles in your mouth, the fizz of lemonade. I didn't know what it was. I spat it across the table. <laughs> and she, the, the mum put little napkins out. I didn't know what a napkin was. And they'd got little frilly edges to them, the napkins. So I picked it up and I said, what's this rag for? Because we used, 
We used to clean our mouths on our sleeves just by wiping like that. We were vulgar. <laughs> I was never invited back, of course. So I love that, Lily. I Very well, well, well read. Crystal clear. Beautiful. And they were true memories. That's, it. That's your resource. Little bits and bobs that you can... Uh, of detail that you can sneak into yeah. your uh, writing. Get that octopus story in. That's a goodie. It's good. Have you got it? another one? I have indeed. Lily, mm. that was outstanding. Name it, as Pi always says. I loved it. Really loved it. Charlotte, we've not met Charlotte before. You'll love this one too. Remembering when I first bounced on a trampoline, first tasted the fizz of a crunchy sweet honeycomb, First smelt the scent of a butter pie. First heard a bang crack of pop of a firework. First felt the cool crisp winds on my face. Remembering when I last saw my family. Last tasted a steamy hot takeaway. Last smelt the salty seas. Last heard a sizzle of a sausage at a family barbecue. Last felt the wooden school desks. Last experienced the joy of a holiday. Another stunning one there. Little nervous, Charlotte, and we can hear that, and that's a great shame, but an amazing mm. delivery there, and mm. very, mm. very good. Yes, I love the little details. It just brings it alive for the reader. Mm. Um, so well done, Charlotte. Um, as David often says, be brave, dip your toe in, have a go uh, at doing it. And uh, we had a couple more uh, which uh, I've listened to, and they're there for other people to listen to them. There's some crackers, so do please listen to those. We'll come to that at the end of the session. But that gets us into, Russell, the whole business of, of using history. Our history is our memory. But yesterday we had Emma, who um, was in the, really, she is a historical writer, writing about the Somerset tsunami and drawing on that. And uh, now we have Burley coming up, um, reading to us. And uh, we all need to be on, if you look at the menu at the top of the page, today's show, and then just run down a little bit, and you will see above where it says Activity 1, you will see an orange rectangle that says Burley Doherty, 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 sorry, it's the Irish coming out there. Um, click on that, and that will should get us into, there we go, you click on that, and you come to a larger, um, a sort of brownish, big uh, square there that says Do Burley Doherty response. Now, in a moment, uh, Burley's going to read to us and we will be listening intently and we can create a response. Now, folks, to do this, you see the uh, pink blob with the plus mark at the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and up comes what looks like a little post-it and it says title. That's where you put your name. We have to have your name. All of these are red. Deputy Mitchell will be sitting there. He can see everything that is typed as you are typing it. He can see every full stop, capital letter, etc. So now I've put in pi, drop the cursor down. It says write something. I'm now ready to give a response to Burley. And I could write about having listened to it. I could write about what I liked. I could write about anything that puzzled me. I could write a prediction. I could give advice to the character. I could raise a question to ask the character or indeed to ask the uh, the author. I could take one of my favourite phrases or sentences and just write those down. I like the little bit when you said. Uh, we could write memories. Um, we could predict what might happen at the end of this story. So lots of different possibilities there, Russell, for people writing responses. So this is where folks at home and in school, we sit back, we listen, and in order to enjoy it, we really have to concentrate and listen carefully for the next uh, five or six minutes as Burley reads to us. 
This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Hello, I'm Burley Doherty, and I've written quite a lot of books for all different ages. I'm going to read uh, a chapter, and a half a chapter, from Street Child, um, which is set quite a time ago. It's set about 150 years ago. I'm going to read the, the bit at the beginning, which is called a preface, which kind of leads you into the story, and then I'm going to read the first chapter. And you'll notice something... Well, you might notice something different between the two chapters. Okay, so the preface is called Tell Me Your Story, Jim. Jim Jarvis. Want to know who that is? It's me. That's my name. Only thing I've got is my name. And I've given it away to this man, Barney, his name is, or something like that. He told me once, only I forgot it, see. And I don't like to ask him again. Mr. I call him, to his face, that is. But there's a little space in my head where his name is Barney. He keeps asking me things. He wants to know my story. That's what he tells me. My story, mister? What do you want to know that for? Ain't much of a story, mine ain't. And he looks at me, all quiet. Oh, it is, Jim, he says. It's a very special story. It changed my life, child, meeting you funny that, ain't it? Because he changed my life, Barney did. I can't believe my luck, and that's a fact. Here I am with food in my belly, and good hot food at that, and plenty more where that come from, he says. I'm wearing clothes that smell nice, and that don't have no hold in neither. And I'm in this room where there's a great big fire burning, and plenty more logs to put on it so it won't just die off. There's just me and him. The other boys are upstairs in their hammocks, all cosy in the big room we sleep in. And downstairs, there's just me and him, special. I want to laugh. I'm so full of something that I want to laugh out loud, and I stuff my fist in my mouth to stop myself. Barney gives me that look, all quiet. Just tell me a story. My story. Well, I creep back to the fire for this. I hug my knees. I close my eyes to shut out the way the flames dance about and the way his shadow and mine climb up and down the walls. I shut out the sound of the fire sniffling like a dog at a rat hole. And I think I can hear someone talking very softly. It's a woman's voice talking to a child. I think she's talking to me. I says, just whispering so I don't chase the voice away. Can I tell you about my ma? Chapter One, The Shilling Pie Jim Jarvis hopped about on the edge of the road, his feet blue with cold. Passing carriages flung muddy snow up into his face and his eyes, and the swaying horses slithered and skidded as they were whipped on by their drivers. At last Jim saw his chance and made a dash for it through the traffic. The little shops in the dark street all glowed yellow with their hanging lamps, and Jim dodged from one light to the next until he came to the shop he was looking for. It was the meat pudding shop. 
Hungry boys and skinny dogs hovered round the doorway, watching for scraps. Jim pushed past them, his coin as hot as a piece of coal in his fist. He could hear his stomach gurgling as, as a rich smell of hot gravy met him. Mrs. Hodder was trying to sweep the soggy floor and sprinkle new straw down when Jim ran in. You can run right out again, she shouted to him. If I'm not sick of little boys today. But I've come to buy a pudding, Jim told her. He danced up and down, opening and closing his fist so his coin winked at her like an eye. She prized it out of his hand and bit it. Where did you find this little shrimp? she asked him. Stop your dancing. You're making me rock like a ship at sea. Jim hopped onto a dry patch of straw. Ma's purse. And she said there won't be no more, because that's the last shilling we got. And I know that's true, because I emptied it for her. So make it a good one, Mrs. Odder. Make it big. And lots of gravy. He ran home with the pie clutched to his chest, warming him through its cloth wrapping. Some of the boys outside the shop tried to chase him, but he soon lost them in the dark alleys, his heart thudding in case they caught him and stole the pie. At last he came to his house, in a house so full of families that he sometimes wondered how the floors and walls didn't come tumbling down with the weight and the noise of them all. He ran up the stairs and burst into the room that his own family lived in. He was panting with triumph and excitement. I've got the pie, I've got the pie, he sang out. Shh. His sister Emily was kneeling on the floor. She turned round to look at him sharply. Ma's asleep, Jim. Lizzie jumped up and ran to, ran to him, pulling him over towards the fire so they could spread out the pudding cloth on the hearth. They broke off chunks of pastry and dipped them into the brimming gravy. What about Ma? asked Lizzie. She won't want it, Emily said. She never eats. Lizzie pulled Jim's hand back as he was reaching out for another chunk. But the gravy might do her good, she suggested. Just a little taste. Stop shoveling it down so fast, Jim. Let Ma have a bit. She turned round to her mother's pile of bedding and pulled back the ragged cover. Ma, she whispered, try a bit. It's lovely. She held a piece of gravy-soaked pie crust to her lips, but her mother shook her head and turned over, huddling her rug round her. I'll have it, said Jim, but Lizzie put it on the corner of her mother's bed rags. She might feel like it later, she said. The smell might tempt her. I told you, said Emily. She don't want food no more. That's what she said. Jim paused for a moment in his eating, his hand resting over his portion of pie, in case his sister snatched it away from him. What was the matter with Ma? he asked. Nothing's the matter, said Emily. She chucked a log on the fire, watching how the flames curl themselves round it. She's tired is all, Lizzie prompted her. She just wants to sleep, don't she? But she's been asleep all day, Jim said, and yesterday, and the day before. Just eat your pie, said Emily. You heard what she said. There's no more shillings in that purse, so don't expect no more pies after this one. She'll get better soon, Lizzie said, and then she'll be able to go back to work. There's lots of jobs for cooks. We'll soon be out of this place. That's what she told me, Jim. Will we go back to our cottage, Jim asked. Lizzie shook her head. You know we can't go back there, Jim. 
Eat your pie, said Emily. She wants us to enjoy it. But the pie had grown cold before the children finished it. They pulled their rug pile close to the hearth and curled up together, Jim between Emily and Lizzie. In all the rooms of the house they could hear people muttering and yawning and scratching. Outside in the street, dogs were howling, and the carriage wheels trundled on the slushy roads. Jim lay awake. He could hear how his mother's breath rattled in her throat, and he knew by the way she tossed and turned that she wasn't asleep. He could tell by the way his sisters lay taut and still each side of him that they were awake too, listening through the night to its noises, longing for the day to come. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Well, I don't, I don't know that, that one of the extraordinary things about Burley's writing is the emotional um, depth. It, that was like a cuddle, um, though it was deep and rich and, and moving. It had a warmth to it as well. She reads beautifully, doesn't she? Really does. I mean, it is an extraordinary thing that we're engaged with Russell because 10 minutes ago, that wasn't inside my mind. But as she read it and drew me in, the story began to happen in my head. I was there with that pie. And one of the things it made me think about was when I was a kid, because we came from a fairly poor background, uh, we used to count food. In other words, my mum would put the food on the table. There were five of us boys. And you, you, you would look over at your brother's food and count the number of spuds they'd got. And she got really cross if you counted food. If he got five spuds and I'd only got three, and she'd get really cross with you. Oh, that was such a beautiful treat. And we've got a, um, an interview with Burley later on in the programme. But thank you so much, Burley. That was such a beautiful thing. What did you think of that, Russell? How did you find that? Well, uh, I was thinking about your story because, <laughs> of course, we've just thrown the show together. So yeah, your recollection of your house. And yes. I was thinking about the difference in almost in time there because you'd kind of uh, paralleled it with some of your experiences but then yes. this story from Burley was much older this was going back a very long time with the with the money and the uh, the winking of the money in the hand as he was kind of yeah. flashing the money and and um and she said uh, he, he a beautiful illustration that make it a good one well, mm-hmm. those were the days when you waited for your pie your pudding to mm-hmm. be made in in mm-hmm. store I just loved it I loved mm-hmm. it Mm, it's beautifully read and a wonderful story mm. those of you at home and in school who don't know it's called street child and it's a great bedtime story um it's a great one to read to a class particularly um if you're doing some work on the victorians it really brings that era alive and it's certainly one that i would recommend at home or in school and i would have thought if you were a, a you know a strong reader of 8 9 10 11 12 you would really enjoy that one now back to the padlets on my post-it um, this is the Burley Doherty response one. I've written, I love the reading, Hungry Boys and Skinny Dogs. So it's such a nice little phrase for me. Um, you're so good at building the picture and doing the voices. Wasn't she good at that? And she didn't rush it. I've then put magical way in which the story starts to happen in my head as you read. Now, I've read it through. And this is really important, everybody. Write your post-it and then read it through to double check 
um, that it says what you wanted it to say and that you've dotted the I's and crossed the T's, etc. And then click somewhere else on the Padlet. And it now says awaiting approval and Deputy Mitchell will be approving those as I am speaking. And uh, every now and then you have to go to the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net. You will see a semicircle with an arrow. That is where you refresh the page. And if I click on that, um, up come, I'll be able to see whether or not. Oh, yes, already we've got. Oh, my goodness. We've got about, I don't know, 30 or 40 comments on uh, Burley's uh, beautiful, beautiful reading. We've got um, year six, Lucas and Brennan, year six at Coles Hill Heath. I know that school. Uh, they are reading Street Child. I know all about your story. My favorite part of the story is when Jim is buying a piece of pie with a shilling and he clutched the pie close to his chest and ran away from the boys who wanted the pie. Yes, really, really good. And we got um, different things that are, uh, people are asking um, questions, um, uh, people who are um, picking out phrases that they love. Isabel there, like all the amazing adjectives and similes. It's really interesting, Isabel, because you can go back and listen to that a number of times and listen how the adjectives earn their place. She doesn't just put lots of adjectives in. It was uh, it was the skinny dogs. And that told me that they uh, were underfed, which echoed back to the boys who were hungry, of course. So she chooses them really, really carefully and doesn't just add them in because it's good to add an adjective in, but because, of course, sometimes it isn't good to add an adjective in. In other words, if you said the red letterbox, that would be silly because they're all red or the big giant. They're all they're all big. So don't do it. Don't tell the reader what the reader already knows. Um, Nicola, some favorite phrases, hungry boys and skinny dogs, taut and still, T-A-U-T, taut and still, yes. Beautifully chosen phrases. So while that is going on, um, Russell, whereabouts are we? Um, do you think we should move to the Padlet now on the main page? Yes, we can do that. And uh, we'll save some music for a bit later on. It'd be nice to carry okay. on because we've got a nice theme going here. Shout outs are amassing at an enormous rate, but that's fine. We can come back. To okay. them. We've got some time. Yes, lead on with the Padlet there. Great idea. OK, so uh, come out of the response Padlet. You can always knit back and add more on uh, if you have a space. And we're now back on the main page. And you can see there, if you get, scroll down a bit, you can see the book in the grass and deputy mitchell has written uh, uh, a post-it for us feel free to get your post-it notes ready with your first name and school name on it please wait for instructions from pi before posting okay so we click on their title uh, i put my name in and here we go so what we're going to do now is to think about uh, what a book is and i put that to um, some children actually at Coastlands School and they've got some rather nice examples. So we're just going to create some ideas and do you could do quite a few. I mean, these ones, the children actually turned into whole pieces of writing. So this was Ria's. A book is a descending wave taking you deeper and deeper. Its plot is a shoal of sardines twisting and turning. The salty spray casting growing stories on the wind. A book can block out the world if you dive deep enough and listen to its thoughts. It's the sea, sometimes a raging torrent, sometimes a calm current, but both daring us to drift away. And Fion, a book is a portal to a floating land on the calm sea. It is a flower opening its petals in the light. It is the sea wanting you to dive in. A book is a cave of twinkling treasure waiting for you to find it. Its pages turn over like the wind is pushing them. Its words tell a story that one day might happen. And Fionn again, a book is an island 
floating on the sea of ideas. It is a passageway leading to a treasure chest with never-ending pearls scattered across the page. It is a fire raging with emotions. It is a pool flooding with tears. Its cover bursts with possibilities full of wild imagination. It is a rainbow come to life. It is a spectrum of words curving across the page. So what is the cover? What are the pages? What is a book? What is a story? That is your challenge. And while everybody is writing, jot ideas in your notebook, get them up there, check them. Russell, I do think we now have time for a bit of a musical interlude and maybe some shout outs while everyone is working. Good call. You've got 60 seconds, guys. Get those padlets going. Off you go. Radio Blogging, bringing unique learning opportunities every day. You're listening to Russell Prue, Pi Corbett, Deputy Mitchell and Ian Rocky. What better way to start your day? Just coming up to smiley clock time. It's nine minutes past ten. Those of you will know what I mean when I've talked about the clock as well. It's the only, well, twice, twice a day you get a smiley face on a traditional old-fashioned clock there. Shout-outs from Ian and Russell. Now, Maria Richards, good morning. We do love those pieisms. Yes, we do as well. And I've commented, he's a national treasure. It's just lovely. Uh, Raffaella, thank you so much indeed. Very much enjoying uh, the show. I feel so sorry for the mother fighting to stay alive. I know it really kind Mm. of touches you and and that wasn't it wasn't explicit it was beautifully implied with the uh, the text there i absolutely love it there rachel all is listening as well uh, charlotte i love that you've used all of your senses in the performance there she really liked that as well thank you charlotte indeed for brilliant and for lily some really good audio from you as well uh, so from rachel travel thank you very much recommending us to her year five pupils and asking why they haven't tuned in yet well i hope you're there as well year five uh, from that colleagues there cute woods year six hello to you as well enjoying the show really nice to hear from you nicola van berkel hello an australian listener who was instrumental uh in giving us this really interesting idea about doing something because i had a conversation with nicola a couple of weeks back and she said yep, really really good maria richards is loving uh, the reading this morning thank you so much indeed i love your your tweets with your uh, your covers there mrs algrani hello to you as well thoroughly enjoying the show and it's really nice to hear from you uh, lots of folks there miss wood is with us again thank you so much indeed really uh, enjoying your tweets and i just love reading them just makes such great reading you are all enjoying the show there um um yeah what do you have for us ian sorry Russell, thank you very much. No, no problem at all. Oliver, shout out to all my friends listening at Pensby Primary School. Oliver, age 10, thank you so much. Benjamin, good morning to you. Arthur as well, who is listening. Louis, hello, radio blogging team. Can I have a shout out? Absolutely, yes, you can. Toby, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for getting in touch. As always, Rayan, I'm so ready for Street Child Tuesday. Absolutely great. Max and Archie are listening this morning as well, as is Annabelle Lowe, who would like a shout out on the show. Absolutely, of course. Uh, Lewis would also like a shout out, as would Emma for Skell Morley Primary School and our teacher, Mrs. Eltringham. Good friends of the show. Thank you so much uh, for Radio Park Elementary School for John. Absolutely no problem at all. Uh, Rebecca from Brunel class for Miss F, Mrs. S, Christopher, Bella and Josh, who are listening at St. Paul's Poynton right now. Chendor, hello, radio blogging team. Hope you're having a good day. I am. I hope you are too. Can't wait for Street Child Tuesday. Chloe would like a shout out for her friend Maisie, Miss Hall. Big shout out to Oak class and all the students at Stone with Woodford Primary. Benjamin, 
as well. Good morning, Dean. Good morning to you as well. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Felix, a shout out for all of 5C. If you haven't heard, it's the best class. Hey, well done you, Felix. A nice big shout out for them uh, and all of your uh, year six Warren Road leavers. I know it's a tricky time, but don't worry. Um, it, it, enjoy us and, and keep going with us. It'll it'll keep you bouncing along every morning. Layla, can't wait for today's show. My sister can't wait for it too. I am eight. Zara is five and Isla is the competition still on? Well, keep going with that. Absolutely. Um, also on the contact wall, you can get on the contact wall from uh, the top of the homepage, Axel, uh, and would like a shout out this morning, as would Mrs. McCalmont, another regular listener. Erin would shout uh, like a shout out to two Tutsil uh, year two and anyone listening today and Mrs. Murrin as well. And also on the email, radioblogging at gmail.com is where you can get in touch with us this morning. Claire Kilgore, regular listener, dear Pie, Ian Russell and David. We were out for a walk at the weekend and I pointed to a tree, uh, I pointed out a tree to Bethany and Toby. Name it, says Beth. Pi always says, name it. <laughs> he does. You're absolutely right. The power of your influence, not just in writing, but also in talk. Thank you so much for your hard work. The difference I notice is is measurable in moments like these. Clara Worrell also been in touch. Shout, uh, would like a shout out to key worker children at Northborough Junior in Maidstone. We can't join in on the Twitter chat as it's blocked. It often is in school, so don't worry about that. Join in with the email, though. We can always read out your messages. Uh, Sebastian would like a shout-out to Douglas Zen, Raphael, Otto, and Jackson. Uh, also, this morning, Martha uh, would like a shout-out because she's been a good girl. There you go. You've got your shout-out this morning. She also loves Street Child as well. No problem at all. Um, and finally, for now, Emily has been in touch. Uh, hi radio blogging hi gerald please can i have a shout out for class three from oaksy primary school just down the road thank you for answering my question yesterday pi about what his favorite author is that's what we're here for and he always will here is another one for you what is your favorite book ever from emily well for now it is back to pi corbett ah great fantastic plenty of shout outs and you know i was if you've not been on this before, if you go right down to the very bottom of the page, there is a globe spinning around and it's got all these flags on it and red dots and things. So we can see where people are around the world. And there was one in Australia in a place called Bandigo, but I think it's disappeared now, which means she's probably gone to bed because I reckon it's late, late at night. Well, we've now got to the point in the show, Russell, where I think I'm writing saying we now have Burley uh, doing the interview with her. And um, those of you <coughs> who are listening, one of the things we like to do is go back to the Burley Doherty response padlet, because I think it's really useful to listen to the author about how they write and respond to that. What are we learning from our authors? Respond to that. So um, are we set up to listen? I think we are, aren't we, um, Russell? Thank you very much. It was beautifully read, I have to say. Thank you. You're very well practised at that. I like that very much. Um, uh, so, uh, observations, I'm not familiar with the work. Um, very food-centric. Why? <laughs> well, the family is starving. Mm. Um, and they, the mother's sick, of course. Yes. And so the fact that she said that uh, they can have the last coin she's got in her purse to buy food, that matters a lot to obviously to her yeah. but also to them they aren't used to having a lovely rich gravy soaked pie to eat mm. I, th I thought it just chimed very nicely with 
uh, some interesting circumstances that we're all kind of experiencing at the moment and I'm very interesting some parallels are there uh, and it was just the food because I think that that has such a real personal meaning to so many of the listeners and readers at the moment it'll chime really nicely I, I think that was really good when did you start writing this this particular book mm. um well this book street child was written quite a long time ago Gosh. Uh, it's probably about 20 years old now. No. Oh, yeah. it could be just so like now, in the moment. It's just, <laughs> it's 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 timeless, um, really very timeless. Uh, how did you start your research? Did you go back and, and look at how this was then in, in the, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of set in the olden times because um, the language and there are some clues in there as well. Um, yes, uh, the carriages. And, uh-huh. and yes, it, uh, it, it's set in Victorian times. Right. Um, and the time of... Um, poor houses, workhouses. Yes. I did my research, first of all, by going to the Bernardo headquarters, Bernardo House in London. I went to the London Museum. Of course, I live live up in Derbyshire. I lived in Sheffield at the time. So London in in Victorian times was quite different to me, and I didn't know London anyway very well. So I walked along the river a lot, and there's lots of things about London in the book that I really had to research very hard. Wow. Okay. Um, notebooks. How do you make notes on stuff? Do you? Uh, I, it occurs to us that um, uh, good writers are often very good at observation. They kind of notice stuff that the rest of us just don't really get to to realise that's going on. So, h- how do you write that stuff yeah. down? How do you, have you noted that? Well, it's true. I call it being nosy. I always tell children writers have got to be very nosy and just notice everything that makes one person different from another person, the way they walk, the way they talk, clothes they wear. Uh, Just noticing everything, and I do scribble things down. But there's a particular use of a notebook in a book like Street Child um, and other books I've written that have been set in the past, like Treason, um, is that as I'm doing my research, I... You can't absorb everything. You can't. You don't even know what you want to know till you get to that bit in writing the story. But you can't start with a blank page. So I get a notebook and I divide it up like um like um a telephone directory really, mm. or an address book with pages A, B, C, D, and on different pages. And when I come across in my research something to do with workhouses, for instance, hospitals in Victoria times, carriages things that I might need to research again, know a bit more about, or that tell me a bit that I might need in the in the story. Mm. I just jot that down on that particular page. So that, that comes in very useful when you're doing particular research. I don't think I've any, heard anyone else do it like that. That's very organised, I have to... Are you it's natu- very organised. Yes. I'm not usually very organised, oh, but okay. that, that one it is, yeah. For, for writing you are that's very interesting as well um top tips for young folks who are thinking about and, and writing stories whilst they're listening to this um okay. do you have some top tips for them um yes i do uh first of all read lots lots and lots and lots because your reading helps with your writing uh try to write something every day every single day um, just a little bit. It could be just something that made you laugh or made you cry or something wonderful that you saw or something a bit spooky that happened. Um, just to keep those muscles working. You know, if you play 
the guitar or the piano or drums or whatever, you've got to practice every day and keep your your finger memory going. So you have to do as a writer. So that's another tip. And the other thing is to keep reading it, reading over what you've written, and preferably to read it out loud to yourself. You share it with people as well, but read it out loud with a pen in your hand so that you can make it even better. That's very good, because Pi is always telling us to read it out before you oh, commit good, it to... Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, a brilliant top tip. Yeah. I'm glad you shared it. I'm sure you two have got together and shared this. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's <laughs> it. But just absolutely perfect. Thank you so much indeed. I really enjoyed that. And Thank I can't you. believe uh, it's 20 years old. It seems so current and very in the moment. Well... I don't know about 20 years. I can't, I can't find the page that tells you how old it is, I should know. 1995 it was written, first okay. published. There you go. So a, a while ago, certainly. And a while ago, A yeah. while ago, indeed. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I've really enjoyed uh, listening to you. I've really enjoyed that. Burley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Bye for now, then. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Wow, that was absolutely rich with um, with uh, with good thoughts about uh, the nature of uh, of writing. I thought that was superb. I mean, our memory memory is important, and it's she talks about. Burley was talking about writing things down every single day. Um, our reading is a good resource for our writing, but our lives are a good, a very rich resource. And memory, of course, is our history. Memory is the well of stories that we can draw upon when we're writing. And when teachers talk about, oh, use your imagination, I mean, what else can you do other than draw upon your reading and draw upon your own lives, draw upon your own experiences? Our experiences are our bank of possibilities. And again, Russell, she talked about the importance of research of that period before you get into the writing, when you're gathering thoughts, when you're gathering ideas, making notes. You could say that if you were a writer, your daily life, when you're observing life and you're capturing and jotting down things in your notebook, that is your research. Well, I went back to the Padlet because I was so excited by all of that, as you can hear. And I wrote down um, writers have to be nosy and notice how one person is different from another. Scribble things down. Do your research. You can't start with a blank page. Log plenty of information that may come in use. Read plenty. Write daily. And jot things down to keep your writing muscles going. And that now I've um, clicked on that. It's awaiting approval. And Deputy Mitchell, no doubt, will approve that. So add to that Padlet during the course of the day. Responses. What do we pick up from Burley, from that fantastic writer? And now we're coming. If we come out of that, um, uh, we are. I'm now back at Comments Corner, which is under the main Padlet. And if I click on there... We have two big images on there, uh, one of the city. And if you live in a city or if you live in a town or indeed a village, but I've also got one of the countryside because we're going to use our memories again. And we're going to try and dredge up and store uh, where we came, where we come from. Now, most people would say, oh, I come from Birmingham. That's not quite what I mean. What have you got in your past? And um, we've talked about naming it. And in this, there is a lot of naming it. In other words, instead of writing, um, I come from reading lots of comics, I've named the comics. And I used to read the Beano. Um, And um, so I've named it. There is a difference between saying, 
um, I, uh, the man got in the car and um, Boris Johnson squeezed into a Mercedes. One is sort of empty and the other one is alive because you can see him uh, in his sort of Boris Johnson manner trying to get into that Mercedes. And the word Mercedes brings the car alive. That's what we mean by name it. Be particular. Give the detail unless you want to hide whatever it is. In that case, you would say the man got into the car because you want to hide it, hide who the man is and keep it a bit of a mystery to get the reader's imagination going. OK, folks, you've got those two images. David, how are they going to write? Can you just explain that? And then I'll introduce the idea. Yes, we have here a, a resource called Jotcast, and it's in essence a window that I can control from my studio here. And everything that's written into this box has to come through me first before it's approved to go into the main area, which we'll call the channel uh, in the center there. So um, at the bottom of the box, you will see an area where it says add your name. If you put your first name only in there and you want to put your school name, you can do as well. So you can identify, you can go back and see who you are and your friends will know. That's fine. And when you write uh, into the box underneath the name, you can then send that in um, and I will approve it. And what Pi can do is after he's given you the instructions, he will be verbally, orally commenting on what you are writing about and trying to improve our writing. So when you come back and do your next one, you can improve it from the advice that you've been given. So it's normally very fast paced. Um, so keep looking. If there are any adults listening, if you want to join in, you can put your name in there and you can um, give some feedback to children as well. That would be great. So Pai, I think, I think these have gone really well before. Mm. Most of the children know what to do. So I'll hand back to you for some instructions. Okay, so this is based on um, a poem idea that uh, a young poet called Dean Atta um, originally wrote, and I've uh, taken that, and I'm doing it in my own particular way. It's called I Come From, so each sentence starts with that, and you literally just list the memories in your life. I come from, here is my example, I come from Grandfather John's goat curry with piles of sweet fragrant rice tinged with saffron you can see how i named him it didn't just say my granddad said grandfather john and it wasn't a curry it was a goat curry because you're trying to bring it alive i come from mint leaves crushed between my fingers i come from the distant rumble of traffic on the a31 i come from the beano top cat and the lone ranger riding over the hills I come from a secret seven, Tintin, Snowy and Captain Haddock. I come from summer holidays on the beach at Hastings, sandy sandwiches, skimming stones and the distant ice cream van. I come from watching the glass blower on the pier making glowing glass figures which caught the sunlight and cast rainbow colours. I come from midnight, the black cat I found asleep in a barn on a wintry day. I come from one shilling in the meter or it would be dark upstairs. I come from the glow of the radio as we listened with mother. I come from cat's cradle, skipping ropes and a swing that broke, sending me crashing down. I come from gobstoppers the size of giant marbles that were teeth breakers, sherbet lemons and chocolate limes. I come from collecting bubblegum cards and swapping them. I come from the times table to which I knew the rhythm but not the words. I come from the alphabet bird that grew its wings and flew out of the school window where dusty dried flowers withered in a jam jar of putrid water while Miss thumped on the piano. We belted out that there is a green hill far away. I come from all of this and more. It's a zoo, a menagerie, a city of wilderness inside of me and it all made me who I am. And by now, people are writing. Sachin's in there first. 
I come from the hustle and bustle of the fast-paced city. I love the hustle and the bustle. Nice little rhythmic bit there. Sachin, you could name the city. <clears throat> um, uh, um, uh, but not if you don't want to, of course. I come from the forest covered in leaves and uh, clay and mud. Yeah, Devon, I like that one. Can you name the forest? Do you know the name of it? Mrs. Shales, I come from skipping ropes and scabby knees. I love the little bit of alliteration there with the skipping and the scabby. The scabby knees brings it all alive. Nice one, Mrs. Shales. Mr. Sands, I come from fish, chips and lashings of tomato ketchup and Friday night from the best chippy in the world in Grimsby. Excellent stuff. I'm with you. I come from summer holidays, Emily, on Portugal's sandy warm beaches. I, well done naming it. I come from the forest, bright green shade. You could repost that one, uh, Miss Farmer, just, um, uh, you know, copy and post and name the forest. But I love your bright green shade. Mrs. James Sachin, I'd like to know which city. You're with me, Mrs. Sachin. This is great. Adults, you can respond back to the children. So I'm not having to do all the donkey work here. Come on, let's get going. My grandson Felix, my grandma was a Blakeston. I believe her ancestors were blacksmiths. My grandpa is a Fordham and all his brothers fought in both wars. Wow, you've got some information there to draw on, um, uh, Felix. I come from a sudden rush to go home from school. I know that feeling, Chendor. Uh, Alice, I come from the Whiskers comic, which write in. Um, just have a re-look at that. Uh, I think you may have pressed the button too quick, Alice. Mrs. James, Emily, what was it about the sandy warm beach that stands out for you? Yeah, let's get a bit of description in there. Add to the picture for the reader. I wanted to keep the city a secret. Fair enough, Sachin. I'm, I'm with you on that. Sam, the crystal clear river, silver stream snaked through the hilly landscape. Love that. Have a look at the spelling of snaked. You've got snacked in there, but it's beautifully written, Sam. Rosie, I come from playing badminton in the Emerald Green Garden. Uh, ah, that's an interesting one, Rosie. I'm going to challenge you here. Emerald and green mean the same thing. Which one are you going to go for? Choose, uh, because you sort of said the same thing twice. So be strict with yourself. Watch that with the adjectives and don't overplay, folks. But I'm with you there on the badminton. What larks, eh? Felix, I come from the loud horns of London traffic. Yeah, and that loud horns of London traffic. You've got it there. Honora, I come from pine leaves brushing against my face. Oh, lovely little memory. Jack, Davy, you could use that, Honora, in a, um, in a story. It's there for you, isn't it? Pine leaves brushed against her face as she walked through the forest. And on we go. Jack Davy, I come from glass and skyscrapers of the warm, cosy country. That's an interesting one. Um, bit of a, a, an odd thing there with the skyscrapers and the cosy country. Uh, Jonah, I come from the busy, warm city where everyone knows everyone. I was like that when I grew up. It was in a village, though, and everybody knew everybody. Alice, I come from the Whiskers comic, which I write every week. Uh, from the Beano dropping through the letters, uh, letterbox. Yeah, you've built on that. Well done. Mr. Sands, I come from holding the tiny hand of my first child when crossing a road. I know that feeling. I'm with you. Eliza, I come from grandpa and grandma's sugary trifle and extra custard. You've brought that alive very nicely. Use that. That is your material for narrative for your story. Mr. Walker, here we go. Rosie, where did you play badminton? I love that that you're uh, joining in there. Thanks, James. Kitty Wright, I come from past experience and sights and air and adventures. Okay, Kitty, now name some of those. Um, give me the concrete detail so I can see it inside my head. Um, scrolling down, we have absolutely got hundreds of these. Uh, and if we now, David, if we come out from this, we're nearing the end of the program. It's 10.30. If we nip out... From there, we can then go to the uh, one below, which is where 
you can record your whole piece of writing folks so i've now gone into where it said whatever it said what did it say did it say i come from yes i come from this is where i'd like you to record your whole piece of writing and what i've done here david i've already read this out aloud i've written my long list of memories and i did actually work at that quite hard and i brought it to an end i was sort of borrowing an idea from a poet called carl sandberg um, who wrote about how I have a wilderness inside of me. I, so I borrowed that a little bit. But when you've written your whole piece uh, with all the memories, and remember, name those things, bring them alive, read mine carefully, because one idea may trigger another. And then uh, in order to post the blog post, write the title there, you can see below, with your name, then put your whole piece in there, fill the rest of it in down to submit now at the bottom of the page here this is where um we would like people to be brave enough david and perform their writing so this is another opportunity we always get two or three i think we'd like to see more um pieces performed here so that russell's got uh, you know a good choice for tomorrow so work on it hard craft it and then practice performing it before you go on. David, what else is there to say about performing the writing? Well, it, it, like you said, really, it's a case of uh, being brave. Um, have a have a practice. Maybe it's you know I know people like to stand in the mirror and have a go. Um, we like different voices, um, so you can you can practice with those. Uh, get someone to listen, and when you are recording it, it's not final. You do have an option to delete that one and try again. Um, and it is Russell that does all the jingles and uh, makes them sound great at his end every evening. So we can do the rest there. But the main thing is to be brave, have a go, practice and knowing that you can delete it and start again if you want to. Fantastic. Well, Russell, we've got to break time pretty much, haven't we? We've had a very busy, rich show. We've got lots of great writing about a book. A book is a portal to a world of dragons, an ocean of ideas churning and foaming, a magical portal pulling you in towards mysterious miracles. Uh, a book is what you see in your mind. A book is a never-ending trail. Uh, I love this one from Dom, a book full of imagination it was on the rim of the future a lovely idea what a great session very very rich i'm looking forward to, to starting tomorrow uh, by hearing some of those readings we have Catherine fisher with us tomorrow a welsh writer reading a very scary piece from the clockwork crow russell i think it's time to begin to wind things up indeed it is and thank you so much indeed really enjoying it final shout outs from me and from the fabulous professor uh, diana james thank you so much she's written beautifully I have to read this out he's she's written this tweet to gavin williamson i so have to read this out whilst you're trying to work out mr williamson how i'm going to keep the 33 children in my class safe when they return to school you may want to join in with the team at radio blogging doing what teachers do best teach bless you uh, diana thank you so much indeed and a very good morning to mrs eltringham as well wonderful program she says burley doherty reading street child was enthralling hope boys and girls at skelmorley primary school are enjoying it and a big shout out to all of you at skelmorley lovely to have you with us as well ian what do you have for me 
Russell, thank you very much indeed. 26 minutes to 11 o'clock. Um, Burley is so, so, so good, says Bethany. She absolutely was, wasn't she, this morning? Beautiful reading. So, so good indeed. Uh, Kosi and also Daria. Hello, good morning to you. Zach, can I have a shout out for all my friends at Rogier Primary? I hope I pronounced that correctly. Do please get in touch and let me know if I didn't. Craig, can I have a shout out for me and my twin sister, Craig and Sophia Marshall? Thank you. Absolutely no problem at all. Uh, Joe, good morning to you. To, to you. Can I have a shout out? Yes, you can. Bobble. So please do a shout out from Roger in Wales. Uh, Frank, hi guys. Hope everybody is well. Yes, we are. Thank you. We've had a great show this morning. Had a really, really good show. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and also we've had a, a couple of emails come through um, from this morning. Uh, we had a, a reply from uh, Emily to say thank you for reading out my shout out. Well, that's all about live radio and that's the interactivity. Kitty Wright, can I have a shout out for Kitty, Mummy, Daddy uh, and Sister in Cromford this morning? Absolutely no problem at all. Lorraine, good friend of the show. Thank you, Burley. I'm researching my third children's novel. My notes are in a mess. They will now all be alphabetical. <laughs> See, we're all learning from from each other. It's great, isn't it? What a lovely show. It is incredibly rich this morning. You're absolutely right, Pi. Thank you so much, everybody. Russell, back to you to close the show. Thank you so much indeed, everyone. It is just coming up to 24 minutes to 11. This was show 34. Hope you enjoyed it. It's just getting better and better each day. Uh, colleagues, enjoy reading the rest of your document. It's hard slog and hard going. Whatever and wherever you are, stay safe in doing what you are doing. And we are back with you tomorrow at 9.30 for another crack radio blogging show bye for now yo yo what up this is lunch money lewis hey i'm john newman hey what's up this is fergie ferg keep this frequency clear a children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world join pi corbett russell prue ian rocky and david mitchell live each weekday at 9 30 a.m online radio live blogging this is radioblogging.net